Well, hello there, weary traveler. Welcome to the inn. Sit, sit, rest your feet. Why, it's a long journey on the road to Tarvalon. Have a cup of tea. Or maybe a frothy ale. The light. Why, you're just in time for the entertainment. Here are your hosts, Tracy and Amber. I'm rolling. Me too. Okay, good. I tested out, like when I opened up GarageBand earlier, I realized that it has these options for things that you can put on your mic to change the sound of your voice while you're recording. And what were those I like, was like from the 90s, those like talk boy things where you could talk into it and it could make you sound like a scary man or a chipmunk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was not offered a chipmunk option, but I think it should be on there. <laughs> but they were all awful. Like the the distortion on it was really weird and like it it like squashed my sound hmm. peaks and everything. It was just really bizarre and I was like, "Well, that was fun. Not going to use any of that shit. I mean, that could be helpful if you were, like, quoting the dark one, and it, you know, <laughs> like in a dream sequence. Rand. <laughs> Here, hold on a second. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me adjust my voice for this. That would be really funny. Oh, my God. That'd be so funny if we could do that. Things to research for future episodes. <laughs> yep. Do you want to go ahead and just get into it? I do. Okay. I do. I'm good for that today. All right. Well, hello and welcome back to our recap of New Spring. I'm here with my friend Tracy. I'm here with my friend Amber. And this is The Road to Tarvalin, a Wheel of Time podcast recapping the books, uncovering fan theories, discussing the upkeep, upcoming TV show on Amazon Prime, and unpacking the many intricacies of this incredible series. And today we are continuing our recap of New Spring chapters 23 and 24. We will be using the normal format for these episodes, spoiler-free for the first half and the other half. <laughs> Sorry, my, my Bluetooth just decided it was done with its connection, and so my keyboard just like went up over everything I was supposed to say. Um, Spoiler free for the first half and the other half will have spoilers and our theory. So as long as you've made it through the main book series, stick with us to the end. Is to it the okay? End. Is it okay if I mention what we've got going on at the end? Because I'm really excited about it. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so last week we were discussing secret weaves because Moraine had mentioned that the secret weave that she used to like gather a bunch of bugs to all bite Lan at the same time, which I mean, what a weird secret weave, but whatever. And so we were like, what are the other secret weaves? What would people make if they had a secret weave? And I believe Amber put up that question on Twitter, right? Um, on Instagram. Oh, on Instagram. And then you got a bunch of replies for us. Yeah? Yes. Most of um, the majority are from the Weaves of the Wheel community, and they do nice. like an online role-playing game. But, I mean, theirs are so in-depth and cool, so I'm really excited to share these because they're fun. <laughs> cool. I can't wait. I haven't had a chance to read over them yet, so this is going to be my first time actually reading them. So 
I'm excited It'll about be, Yeah. <laughs> it's all new for you. Exactly. And even, to, and I mean, also in chapter 23, we do get even more of the secret weaves from mm-hmm. Moraine, which is pretty cool to see. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So, yeah, stick, stick with us to the end. It's going to be... It's going to be fun. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, and you are starting us off, right? Chapter 23? Yes. And this cool. one is called The Evening Star. So where we leave off, um, Moraine departs from Lan and his party and begins searching all over Chachin for Swan. And knowing Swan's past, she assumes that she could be found boarding in one of the cheapers in, <laughs> cheaper inns. You know, Swan's pretty thrifty. Mm-hmm. And the first inn that she stops at is called the Ruffled Goose. <laughs> <laughs> and there's no hitching post for her to tie her horse to, so she places a ward on Arrow that will alert her if Arrow moves. I and loved that. Yeah, I I love yeah. that. I was like, you can do that. That's a, it's like a car alarm, but for your horse. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she used it on I think on Lan and Bukama and Ryan when they were sleeping. So mm-hmm. whenever they would get up to switch guard, she would wake up and mm-hmm. you know see what was going on. But oh, Moraine, you're so tricky. Yeah, it's so smart. It was so smart, and she yeah. does love that horse. Yes, yes. And <laughs> apparently everyone loves this horse. Everyone wants this horse. <laughs> so the innkeeper leads her away and was like, oh, the lady that you're looking for, I don't know, come with me to this other inn. It's more respectable for a lady like you. Mm-hmm. And as he's kind of like pulling her away, uh, Moraine is alerted that the ward on the horse has been activated. <laughs> so... She comes back and there's a woman attempting to steal Arrow and Moraine catches her and, you know, swiftly uses the one power on her and switches her with weaves of air. So mm-hmm. this whole like, oh, come over here and him pulling her away. It's definitely a scam. <laughs> they are some big time scammers. They are in cahoots. Yes. And then she stops at another inn called the Blind Pig. <laughs> These names. I know. It's so much fun. Uh, So the innkeeper pretty much just insults her and she moves on. And then at the next inn called the Silver Penny, the innkeeper tells her why, yes, I do have a blue eyed woman staying here. And she matches Swan's description. And then, yeah. So the innkeeper tells Moraine like, oh, come on in, here, have some spiced wine. And this woman offers Moraine this wine, and Moraine has a moment of thinking to herself, wait a minute, this is an area where they probably wouldn't be able to afford spiced wine, so it's awkward that she's offering this to me. Mm -hmm. And Moraine has a bad feeling about it, and she doesn't drink the wine, and she puts a weave of spirit on this innkeeper, and it seemed to influence like fearfulness. Mm-hmm. And Moraine squeezes this weave around her. And I'll go ahead and read this because it kind of does go in with our secret weave 
conversation for later. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I really like how they describe how this weave works. Mm -hmm. So embracing the source, she wove spirit in one of the blue secret weaves and touched the innkeeper with it. Slight anticipation became definite unease. Are you certain the young woman meets my description exactly, she asked, and tightened the weave for a fraction. Mm. Sweat appeared on Mistress Saratov's face or forehead. Are you absolutely certain? Another tightening. And an edge of fear appeared in the woman's eyes. So Moraine is not having this woman's shit. (laughs) No. She's squeezing this weave around her, and the woman definitely succumbs to all of Moraine's questions and all of this fearfulness. And then Moraine basically commands the woman to drink her own poisoned wine. Mm -hmm. And when Moraine asks her again, the innkeeper is completely fearful for her life and says, yeah, okay, no, I don't have this blue-eyed woman staying here at the inn. Mm -hmm. And what is really kind of unexpected is Moraine leaves this woman just to pass out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just leaves her there. And... We get the description of the people in the room, and these people in the inn are kind of like salivating over the fact that this woman is laying here unable to defend herself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just thinking like, Moraine, wow. Right? <laughs> like, we don't know if this woman is going to be robbed, assaulted, molested. I mean, I was, wow. I was instantly, I think... <laughs> Did I make a note on that? Because I think when I read it, I was like, oh, my God, did Moraine just leave that woman to be raped? Like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was thinking. I thought the same. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is I mean, maybe maybe they were planning on robbing her or something, but it just it felt much more malevolent than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe just that. She's a known scammer, mm-hmm. so maybe she has all types of treasures hidden away from pulling the scam on, you know, nobles. Yeah. So maybe these people were like, oh, all right, well, we can go, like, rob her for all she's got yeah. now. But who knows? Who yeah, knows? it was, I really, <laughs> that scene was, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So eventually Moraine comes into this alley and she's walking her horse around and Swan basically comes up from behind and surprises her. And we have, you know, the reunification and Moraine realizes that Swan is still wearing the same clothes (laughs) that she was wearing in Canloom Mm -hmm. and wonders if she even used the spare money that she gave her, Mm -hmm. which is funny for other reasons, but I'll get into it later. Um, Swan brings her to an inn called the Evening Star, which is the name of our chapter. Mm-hmm. And Moraine's actually a little bit surprised because this inn is a lot nicer than she had expected. Mm-hmm. And it even has guards out front. So there's hired men out in front of the door keeping guard. And it seems to be in this inn. It's it's not noble women, but it seems to be more like wealthy merchant mm-hmm. women. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a safe haven for all the mm-hmm. ladies. So that's kind of cool. And I haven't I haven't seen 
a chapter in our series like this where it's just an in basically for women. For women. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I actually caught on to that as well and thought it was really interesting. It speaks volumes for how unsafe women were. Like Maureen comes across this scam of trying to like basically poison her, kidnap her, run off with her several more times after the first one. So these women have a very strong reason to feel unsafe. And so I love that someone was like, this is where you can be safe and comfortable and it's not terribly expensive. Yeah, it says, I mean, while Moraine was searching for a swan, she had been, she had this attempted poisoning scan Mm -hmm. happen to her three more times. At one point, two men try and pull her off her horse and steal the horse, and she uses this fear-inducing weave again and sends these guys running. And it happened seven more times that someone tries to steal Arrow. This poor horse, poor (laughs) Moray. Like, Arrow must be the most beautiful horse He does sound pretty fancy. Yes. So, yeah, there's, so they get to this inn called the Evening Star. There are no more extra rooms left. So Moraine is going to share the bed with Swan. And I think she has to pay an extra silver or whatever, mm-hmm. and they get a share room. And at this point, Swan is just, like, overflowing with en- enthusiasm. Um, she's found the next name on the list, and this woman actually named her child after watching the dawn come up (laughs) over dragon mount which sounds so perfect because this is exactly what they're looking for a child born on dragon mount Mm -hmm. so moraine can hardly contain her excitement the only problem is is that this woman is staying in the idashar palace Mm -hmm. and we, we know that they are going to come up with a plan to get in there because that's just who they mm-hmm. are. And they decide they'll take care of that in the morning. And before they go to bed, Maureen asks Swan if she has seen any other signs dun, 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 of the Black Aja. <laughs> so Swan frowns and tells her that actually something strange has happened, but she's not sure if it was the Black Aja. Apparently, a young blacksmith died recently under strange circumstances. He was working for a guild as a speaker, collecting money for the poor. As he was returning the silver to the guild house, he was murdered. But the strange thing is that none of the money was taken. He was just left dead on the street, basically with a broken back and no mark on him. So... They decide that they can't be sure if this is work of the Black Aja, but they should continue being cautious and on the lookout. And Moraine says that she has worked out a plan to get into the palace, but Swan won't like it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of chapter 23. I actually forgot about that part with the blacksmith when I was reading chapter 24. So I'm glad that you brought that in. Yeah, what I think is very interesting is we keep getting um, mentions of men that can channel. Mm -hmm. And we've seen previously there was the one woman that she met 
that her family and the child died in a barn fire. So we're mm-hmm. getting all of these kind of strange circumstances happening where mm-hmm. it's, are these people just unlucky? Is there something going on with the pattern? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's, there's things going or, on. Or is there Black Aja mm-hmm. hanging out in these cities and being like, hey, other dark friend who's beneath me? go set this barn on fire with all these people in it. Like, that's what I think. Like, oh, I yeah. think I'm definitely, but I'm like, so the black Aja is everywhere because it fucking is. Oh my God. It's just crazy. Yeah. If anything, I think this book <laughs> is the biggest, just like blinking neon light, just like be on the lookout, be on the lookout. They're yeah, everywhere. <laughs> they're everywhere, everywhere. And it certainly does prep you for a lot of things that happen, particularly in the later books, which I, of course, won't get into now. But, like... I... Okay, thinking about how we decided to read this one first together... Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is the last Wheel of Time book that I've read, and I didn't read it in order. So, you know, when you finish the series and you pick up New Spring, I, I kind of go back and think wow, maybe I should have read this, you know, somewhere in the beginning. But I kind of think that that would have made me more susceptible to thinking, okay, any weird circumstance has to be a dark friend, has to be Black Asha, and maybe it would have Mm -hmm. taken away some of the mystery. So Mm. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I think, like, a lot of people have suggested reading this in – publication order and I think I stand by that more than any other I think so too yeah yeah yeah. I really I really like New Spring a lot it makes me really disappointed that it's the only prequel we've got yeah yeah (sighs) it's okay it's okay I I mean I if if Brandon (laughs) Sanderson picked it up and said, hey, we're going to do another prequel book, I would be 100% for it. (laughs) Me too. Absolutely. Maybe, oh, what if the show goes really well and that's a decision that he makes? Ooh. Ooh, Tracy. I'm brilliant. (laughs) You're Um, a genius. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Could you imagine, though, like – that's my, I mean, that's my biggest want. I want the show to be epic and amazing and mm-hmm. just really cool. And then everyone starts reading the books and it becomes the next big thing. It deserves to be. I agree. And I think it definitely, I, I believe <laughs> You're a believer, and I'm I cautiously do. optimistic. Oh, me too. Don't get me wrong, but I do, like, it's so fun, and I know this is, like, a tangent and whatnot, but it's still Wheel of Time related, so I'm okay with it. Um, Andrew just started the fifth book of the series last night. I have, we have been together for almost a decade and I have never seen him read anything so fast, like, in this entire time we've been together. And it's so funny because he'll sit and read and be like, oh, my God, and then just start laughing about something. <laughs> like, 
no spoilers, so I can't, like, get into the one of the parts that he got to last night, but I was just like, yep, that part is awesome, you know? It's just, like, you should have him. Threads. You should it's have contagious. him make notes for you. Like, <laughs> so when we eventually get through certain parts, we can look back at Andrew's moments. <laughs> mm, that's a good idea. I'll talk things to him that, about that. Or things that stood out to him or things that he was thinking, maybe. Mm-hmm. He did make a connection much faster than I did when I was reading the books on something that I was like, good catch. Like, you're so smart, dear. He's so <laughs> smart. I love him. Anyway, like, that's that's just it. As I feel like, I feel like these books pull you in in a really unique way. And so even if it just creates more readers around the first season and, oh, don't let this happen. The, like, the first season doesn't get a second season and that's all that we get. Oh, that makes me feel sick to my stomach. Um but I don't think. Yeah, that's I don't want to jinx it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Like... I honestly don't think that's going to happen. Like, and you know what gives me faith? The Expanse. Like Amazon Prime took over the Expanse for what season four and five, mm-hmm. like the upcoming one too, and it's so good. Like that mm-hmm. show is so good, and if they can pull off like that kind of epic sci-fi scale, I feel like. I feel like things are, yeah. That's, that's a really good point because something about the expanse, how how expansive it is, <laughs> no pun intended. But, I mean, we're not just talking about one world. We're talking mm-hmm. about multiple people living in, you know, different sections of space and how they've, how after generations and generations, these people are completely different. People living mm-hmm. on the asteroid belt are completely different than people living on Earth or Mars mm-hmm. and all of these political scheming. And there is there is something to say how that kind of does fit with Wheel of Time, how expansive mm-hmm. it is, how mm-hmm. big this world is, how big this universe is. And if they can pull that off, they can do this. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to see it, like, I might cry. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll sit there with my popcorn and I'll just cry. It'll be great. Oh I'm making gosh. Aiden watch it with me. I'm yes. making him. Yes. I'm going to try and make Simon watch it with me too. He's so – he does not watch a lot of shows, but I was like, will you watch this with me? And he's like, I'll give it a try. And I'm like, Aww. ooh, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> I know Andrew will be into it, and I think that Aiden will be into it. Uh, I mean, he was big into Game of Thrones, and so I I really see like this being something that will like pull him in. So we can make it a family thing. We can hang out yes. and watch watch it together. I mean, Andrew and I are already reading it together, so it makes I don't know. It's just really fun. I love this series so much. I mean, obviously, right? Obviously, right. <laughs> I mean, I can't even stop talking about it. So it's so. I mean, that's why we decided to record it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, we talk on the phone about this every week, anyways. anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about it now. Okay, so let's do chapter twenty-four. Yeah. Um, so chapter twenty-four's title is "Making Use of Invisibility," 
And the chapter opens with Swan telling Moraine that she's still not down with the plan that they came have come up with. <laughs> and in Robert Jordan's style, he hasn't really told you what the plan is. You just kind of piece it together as you go along until, like, it just is like, blub, this is what's happening. So anyway, she's worried slash angry that Moraine will be taking all the risks, but Moraine tries to reassure her that won't be the case at all. And she's doing this while trying not to show how frustrated she is with Swan for not being on board, and then she just can't anymore, and she sighs, thinking that a bear with a sore tooth would be better company than Swan at the moment, followed by... Even that fellow Lan would have been preferable. that Lan fellow. (laughs) I hate him, but I'd rather hang out with him than my bestie who's being... They keep thinking about each other, though. And last week we were talking about it, how Lan was... He he couldn't get Moraine out of his mind, even though Mm -hmm. he saw her as... Such an annoyance. Yeah, and a liar. Yeah. Like, he he doesn't believe that she's Aes Sedai. And so, like, she's a liar. He doesn't even trust that the name that she gave him is the correct name. And, I mean, he's right. But, like, it's just, it's funny how they keep, like, crossing over in each other's thoughts without being aware of it. Mm -hmm. So, I thought one of the funny moments in the chapter was when Moraine is helping Swan get dressed and she comments on how the dress uh, Swan's wearing shows off her hips and bosom but instead of like being indignant like Maureen expected Swan giggles and comments that um, it does attract men's eyes and I was just like yeah she even does like a little (laughs) wiggle when she says it (laughs) uh, yeah so I just it's just such unexpected things for them to say still. Like, the way that Moraine looks at boys and now the way that Swan looks at boys. And, like, we think of Moraine and Swan from the series and they are just, they're so different. And this is just so fun. This is one of my biggest hopes, I think, for the series, the Amazon series. Like, I really want some new spring moments. Mm-hmm. But I think when we finish the last chapters and do a wrap up maybe that can be one of our one of our talking points like Mm. what moments do you really hope that they Mm. put in there i can think of a few i can think of a few that would be fun let's remember that okay (laughs) (laughs) i'll make a note of it when i go in and edit so that we don't forget because i think that's a really good idea so it, it appears that neither moraine or swan mind being checked out a little every once in a while. Mm-hmm. So the two women head down to the common room of the inn, Swan pushing for a big breakfast and a discussion over their plan, but Moraine knows better than to allow... Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> She's like, no, that is not happening. Um, and in the book, she says, the only way to win an argument with Swan was to sweep her along. If you let up... <laughs> If you let up for an instant, you would find yourself the one being swept. And good mm-hmm. lord, I can see where that is like totally swan to a T. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, so Moraine directs the innkeeper to wrap up breakfast to go and asks if she can hire two of like the guards that ha- are like look over the inn to escort them around for the day. <laughs> I thought it was funny how the innkeeper was like, You're not going to go dueling, <laughs> are you? 
like that part too because can you picture like little Moraine with her belt knife like I'm gonna getcha <laughs> like Chucky <laughs> like what can this tiny little woman do that was exactly I was like this pretty little doll that that's what everyone calls mm-hmm. her and yet this innkeeper is like you're not gonna go dueling are you <laughs> you're not gonna go do something stupid are you right I mean I could see I could see Swan holding her own but mm-hmm. Moraine I mean no if we're talking about no use of the one power <laughs> yeah but, you know, yeah, I wonder. I wonder. Mm. I could see Swan with like a stick or something. I can see like Swan knocking being people like, around. Yeah, fucking scrappy. Yeah, she raised up. She was raised on the docks of Tear. Like mm-hmm. she knows how to look up for herself. I love that. Anyway, so Moraine explains that she needs the guards because she wants to go to a bank. Asks where the best bank for her to go is. The innkeeper actually sends her to the bank that she banks through. And so she pays, Maureen pays the requested amount um, without haggling so as not to waste any time. And then her, soon her and Swan are in a sedan chair heading to the banker. So the banker is skeptical of Moraine, who is a long way from both Kyrian and Tarvawat. And this is, she's such a rich woman. Like, when she's talking about her letter of rights, she's like, I didn't even hand her over the largest one that she has, and it still produced, like, these ten leather bags. She's got, like, bags of coin, like a gold coin. Like, heavy enough that it takes, like, a big, strong man to, like, carry it all out to the stand chair for them. And she's like, it was just one of my minor estates. Exactly. Like, this was... It's not even the largest one that I could have given you. But here, can I have this money? Yeah, the the Domadred name is... I mean, she... If it would have been anyone else, they wouldn't have gotten this far. Yeah. And I mean, the the woman still, like, doesn't necessarily buy it. And I I had forgotten that Moraine had her letters of rights in her, like, belt pouch when land threw her in the pond. Yeah. And so she's like, thankfully, they weren't ruined. But it did, like, make it so that the woman pulled out an enlarging glass to look at it, which, of course, makes Moraine all, like, She's offended. Yeah, Yeah. She's like, how dare she? So anyway, they go ahead and they leave the bank and head back to the inn with their bodyguards. And, like, this was where I got confused about who the blacksmith was, which you explained who that is. But (laughs) I can't resist a fish guts moment. So Swan (laughs) says, who could have broken his back that way? Fish guts. Whatever the reason, Moraine, it must be the black Aja. And Moraine is like, what the fuck, you fool? Why did you say that out loud? And, like, she's like, the 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 people carrying her chair, they probably have no idea what we're talking about. So it doesn't really matter for them. But oddly enough, like, did you, I thought this part was really weird. So there's this woman who was, it says, an imposing woman gliding by with ivory combs in her hair, gave a start, then hiked her skirts to her knees and ran, leaving her two gaping servants to scramble after her through the crowd. Who is she? (laughs) I almost just think that. Swan has such a big mouth, she doesn't even think about it. And she's just like, yeah, it's the freaking black Aja. And, like, the men holding their, you know, stuff or whatever, just, you know, they don't know what that means. It means nothing to them. But yeah, some passerby woman overhears her mm-hmm. and just, like, road runner, like, runs out of there. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
But who is she? Why would she react that way? Like, I don't know. It's just, it's one of those little or things it, where I'm like. Or if it's just such a faux pas to say it out loud. Like, mm. yeah. Who knows? Yeah. It, that one really, I was like, and in, I was like, does it, does it tell her hair color? Does it say what she's wearing? Like, I was looking for like little hints of who she might be in case she showed up later because Robert Jordan does that all the time. Yeah. But no. Like, all it says is that the ivory combs in her hair and that she lifted her skirts and ran off. And I'm just like, who is she? Anyway. So back at the inn, Moraine puts all of her money in a stronghold and asks for the best seamstress in Chichin and takes an entire leather bag of coin along with her for this trip. So, of Here course, we Moraine, go again. <laughs> right? Another trip to the seamstress with Moraine and Swan. So Moraine goes in, and she knows she's going to make this woman angry. And, like, she gets fitted for her dresses, and she's like, by the way, I want them tomorrow. And the woman is like, that is impossible. Like, at the end of the month, perhaps later, and she explains the king of Malkier is visiting the Idishar palace. So and there's Moraine all these like, noble women yeah, wanting yeah. dresses made. Yep. And Moraine is like, you think I'd buy that? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, it... <laughs> who do you think you're talking to? And so Moraine does what Moraine can do. And she just takes her leather sack of coin and, upends it like over the table and mic all these... drop yeah <laughs> how's the sliding pile of coins for you you think you can make something happen for me and so the woman's like i suppose i could do i could make something happen for you and Miranda's is like well to sweeten the pot i will give you another bag of the equal amount for them to be finished, but I'm going to take six gold crowns out every time, every day past what she wants them to have finished. So Maureen is like, she's so good at mm-hmm. these things. Like, she's like, I will get what I want, and this is what I want. I see her, like, saying that with, like, you know, like the painting your nails emoji. Like, do what you <laughs> want, but I'll be taking six out every day. So, yeah, it's up to you. The ball's in your court. Do what you will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think you're totally right. So Swan grumbles about the dresses and Moraine thinks that the seamstress must think that she's an idiot for trying to say that the king of Malkier is there. But I I do want to say one little thing that I thought was really funny is the dress that she's making for Swan. The seamstress is like, I'm not making that. (laughs) (laughs) now we have a clue as to what their plans are if Mm -hmm. moraine is getting something fancy and swan's getting something strange (laughs) Mm -hmm. yep so two days after arriving in chachin moraine shows up at the idishar palace in a fancy carriage but this time she announces herself as the lady moraine damadrad and we've talked about like how like, how many colored slashes would she have if she were wearing all of them? Mm-hmm. And the book says colored slashes marching from the high neck of her dark blue gown to below her knees. So, yeah. Like, I love that she can do that. She can just show up and be like, pow, check out my dress. 
Yeah. And that's the thing, though. It's just like you see the dress and it's like, yeah, you know who I am. Yeah. You don't even have to say anything. Like people see you and it's like, oh, well, hey there. Yeah. 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 So I I love that she just shows up in like all her Lady Domadred glory. Um, But she is she's received by an upper servant, but not the Chatean which is, of course, different from how Lan was received. I thought that was interesting. And she remarks that, like, no one knows who she is, but they know the Domadred name, and they know that the throne is, like, it hasn't been claimed yet. And so mm-hmm. that anyone with that name could potentially be the next ruler of Kyrian. And so she's recognized in that way, given rooms for her station and a couple servants, which just... <laughs> I really want to go someplace someday that, like, gives me rooms and servants. Just right. for, like, a week? I would be down with that. The creator's castle. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of the creator's castle. It sounds it sounds like a fandom uh, theme park. <laughs> it does. It does. <laughs> I am totally down with that. So... She's shown to her rooms, and everyone ignores her maid, Suki slash Swan. <laughs> when I was reading this, all I could think of was the show True Blood, where the girl's name is Suki, like, ah, oh, Suki. <laughs> Suki. How cute. It is cute. It's such a cute name. Do you think that's, like, a pet name that she calls Swan when they're alone? Like, oh, I, I was wondering the same thing. Or, like, <laughs> if it means something, like, when Swan gives... Oh, no, can't say that. Never mind. Uh, but, like, it does it does happen in the series where people, like, kind of do that. Like so a yeah, pet I, name. Yeah. <laughs> so, Swan definitely agrees that... She is invisible in her guise as Maureen's servant. But when they're alone, of course, she still behaves like Swan and Maureen. Let's see here. Sorry. Oh, so Moran. Moran? Swan is not happy that when they arrived, Maureen asked if there was an Aes Sedai in the castle and Moraine is basically like chill the fuck out like that would have been a common question you can see that the servants didn't even react to it like it is not out of character for someone of her rank to be curious if there's someone like an Aes Sedai or other major nobility present mm-hmm. in the palace when she arrives and she says you may call me Lady Alice, would surely satisfy no one at the palace, which is what she's been telling everyone. You may call me Lady Alice. Like, mm-hmm. that's not that's not going to cut it. She can't hide if they want to find the woman who may be the mother to the dragon reborn because Lady Inness is nobility and she's in the Eye de Char palace. Moraine wants to be gone as soon as possible. Swan leaves the room and comes back because, like, Moraine was like, go find out what you can among the servants. But it turns out Lady Inez is in mourning and seclusion and will not be coming out for at least a month. So there's Okay. Really... Yeah. She's in mourning. Why? She's what happened? Mourning. Who was killed? Uh, her husband. 
Why? Hmm. Her name's on the list. Mm-hmm. Another oh, one. I didn't even think about that. Why are all of these women on the list? Why are all their husbands and children and stuff dying? Yeah. The only one so far that seems to have escaped it is the woman that she found on the way to Chachin. But the other, you're right. Yeah. And isn't it like a weird, bizarre death? I wonder if it's, okay, so like, I wonder if the women that have baby girls just get looked over because they're mm-hmm. no threat of actually being who the black Aja is looking for. But if it's mm-hmm. like a boy, I don't know. There's too many, it would, there's too many questions. It would be easy if the woman was in seclusion, she would be in seclusion with her entire family. So the black Aja could get to someone who would be able to get to like, is that why she's in the palace? Maybe she's like hiding. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she's like feels safe there. <clears throat> I don't know. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Um, so Maureen sighs, knowing that the only thing that is left for them to be able to do is to announce that she's actually Aes Sedai. That Lady Ines cannot refuse the possibility of having a meeting. With mm-hmm. an eye said eye. Um, Swan, <laughs> as expected, does not take this well. <laughs> but she she's like, just oh. looking out for her, you know? Yeah. She doesn't want anything bad to happen to Maureen. Mm-hmm. Like, her anger comes from a place of care and fear. It's not like she's, like, trying to berate her in a mm-hmm. passive-aggressive, guilt-trippy kind of way. Or mean, or whatever. It's just, some people react to how they tell people they love them in very different ways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just as Swan is berating Moraine for this suggestion, one of the serving women provided by the palace enters and says that the Chatean is there to escort the Lady Moraine to see Prince Bryce. Plainly startled to find Suki standing over her mistress and stabbing a finger at her. <laughs> Right. I love this moment. I think this is <laughs> maybe one of my favorite moments because I can just see her poking her with her finger like, you yep. should not be doing this. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, not that Swan's particularly tall, but she's, of course, taller than Moraine. <laughs> and so if Moraine is like sitting in a chair and Swan's like standing over her, that just it's such an intimidating image. And mm-hmm. I can see some, I can definitely see a servant coming in and being like super startled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just so funny. So Moraine tells the startled servant that she'll be there in a moment. And once they are alone again, Moraine asks Swan what other options do they have? How can Swan make friends with the lady's servants if they were all secluded with her? Swan replies that Moraine should go take care of what she needs to do, and with any luck, a young footman named Cal is waiting for Suki. (laughs) Oh, Suki. (laughs) That's what the footman said. She was like, yeah. (laughs) That's me. (laughs) And then, like, wiggles her hips. (laughs) It's such a perfect image. I love it. Yeah, and yeah. We, we had such a hard time deciding mm-hmm. this week if we would just finish the whole book or not. 
Yeah. Because, I mean, getting, we are almost to the end. There's only two, two more chapters and mm-hmm. then the epilogue. An epilogue, yeah. And we are, we're, we're right there. I mm-hmm. mean. It's hard, it's hard to like put a stop right here. Yeah. But at the same time, if we did all four of those chapters together right now, it would just be so much. There would be so much to talk about because it would end up being like four hours long. (laughs) Yeah. We know shit's going to happen in these next two chapters that are going to like, it's going to change the path that Moraine and Leon both end up taking. And how is it going to get there? Who are the characters involved? Who's going to die? Because you know, Mm -hmm. you know, someone's going to die. So I'm very curious to see, like, I, I did read chapter 25. I haven't gotten past that, um, but I'm really eager to finish it up. It's about to go down. So, so I, excited. Yeah, me too. So I think here we can take our little break and then break time. start on our discussion topics and spoilery mm-hmm. topics and then get into our secret weaves. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm excited. Okay, discussion topics. Do you want to do that? Discussion topics. I'm, I'm in. Okay, so the very first thing that I noticed was Moraine's secret fear-inducing weave. Right. And I know that I've talked about this before, and I think it was when I was bringing up how in Eye of the World she's telling Rand something, and he says, at this moment, I would do anything she wanted Mm -hmm. basically and I don't know if it's the same weave because he didn't seem fearful for any reason Mm -hmm. but this one where she's telling this woman to drink the poisoned wine and she does it and I'm like oh my gosh this is like compulsion light again that's exactly (laughs) I wrote that in my book because I was like is that what's happening here it took me a minute to realize that it was like she was stimulating fear in the other woman and using that to drive her actions and I was like just is that any better than compulsion (laughs) really you're fucking with the person's brain yeah it's a really fine line yeah but I mean this is why people don't like you know Aes Sedai true yeah they definitely they definitely have ways of I don't want to say abusing the power, but whether they recognize it or not, they definitely use it as a weapon frequently, just not mm-hmm. in the way that we would potentially think of a weapon. And in in almost a worse way, the other person can't even see what is being used against them. Like if someone's threatening you with a sword... You can understand. You see it. You know what's happening. Yeah. If yeah. someone's fucking with your brain, like, you can't... It's hard to fight against that. So mm-hmm. I was just like... Yeah, I wrote down compulsion light question mark as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I cool. did. And then um, the second thing that I noticed is... I, I love seeing how easily Swan is able to blend into these rough areas of town yeah. and manage to use it to stay far away from other Aes Sedai. Mm-hmm. It's definitely the smart move. 
And I have to give this point to Swan because Moraine didn't even think that far ahead. And that's what got her into trouble in Canloom mm-hmm. when she runs into Cad Swain and the other Aes Sedais in this inn. Had she have been a little more crafty about it, she yeah. probably should have taken Swan's approach. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each woman is suited to different things. Mm-hmm. And it's apparent that they work so much better as a team. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you know, leading up into the main series, how this is probably their biggest downfall is getting separated. Swan being Amerlin mm-hmm. and Moraine off doing her own thing mm-hmm. and wondering, you know, if if Moraine had been there yeah. with Swan, I don't think that this whole, like, coup against Swan mm-hmm. would have played out the way it did. So, yeah, it just it, it just makes me a little bit sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I can definitely see that. And really, I... I have to assume that Swan, or not Swan, Moraine wasn't in the tower when Swan became Amarillon. And that's why she chose Leanne instead of Swan. Or Moraine. Sorry, I keep getting their names flipped. But it, knowing them in this way, it does surprise me that Swan did not choose Moraine to be her keeper. Like Swan, yeah. is, Swan balances her. She's able to see plots and what people would do because she's from Kyrian. That's how they live. Mm-hmm. She's been raised in Desdemar, and so she would have been a really good keeper for sniffing out the under this whole plot. Yeah, the, the- that overthrew Swan. Yeah, exactly. So they're a really good pair, and it's really unfortunate that they don't get to benefit from being each other's strength throughout Mm -hmm. the series the way that we see them here now because it's obviously just a really sweet relationship and friendship like i bet they would go through the birthing ceremony and become first yeah they would be first sisters for sure (laughs) (laughs) and maybe you know it's almost too bad they didn't get to do that together because maybe they could have helped each other more i don't know I just love seeing this relationship. It was not what I expected at all when I picked up New Spring. Like, I knew the story was going to be about Moraine and Lan, but I didn't realize that it was going to have so much of Swan as a young woman in it as well. And that's just been Mm -hmm. delightful. Yep. I really, I really hope that we get some of these moments within the Amazon series because... There's just, there's so many cool background Mm -hmm. moments that I feel like we need to see of Moraine, of Swan, of Lan, Mm -hmm. because they're so important to the plot. Mm -hmm. And I think that it, you know, it, it, as a viewer, it'll bring you in closer. You'll feel more for these people. Mm -hmm. But yeah. It'd be and cool then, to do it almost in flashback style. Yeah, exactly. I mean, can you imagine seeing Bukama carrying baby Lan, you know, out out into safety mm-hmm. away from everything that's happening in Malkir or just Moraine learning about King Layman dying mm-hmm. or Swan 
being sent off, you know, from her humble fishing boat lifestyle sent yeah. to the tower. There's just so many cool. Yep. There's so many cool things that they can incorporate. I hope we get some of mm-hmm. them. All I, in my head, I'm like a, a raising land montage. Like that's like yes. it would, because it wouldn't it wouldn't be I can see how clearly and easily it could be made and then like almost end it with like land standing as like warder extraordinaire for Moraine maybe even before they walk into Emmonsfield. Like I know that's not what's yes. going to happen, but I would I would love to see things like that. Things that explain Moraine and Lan and Swan because we'd get so little point of view from them until Swan gets deposed and then we get like Mm -hmm. I feel like we get more from Swan's perspective but even Moraine's it's super limited and when we do get them it's like oh these little pieces of goodness like what I do want to be inside your head I do want to see what you're thinking could we have that more often please yeah Yeah, and I and I guess maybe my fear is that we won't get to see this because they will want these characters to remain mysterious. Yeah. And, like, maybe they want us to not fully trust Moraine mm-hmm. in the beginning. But I almost I almost don't feel like that will happen because it's been quoted, the, the showrunner has said that Moraine is going to be one of the most mm-hmm. central, you know, characters yep. to this season. So I feel like if we're getting her thoughts and her point of view, we have to know that she's one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Me neither. We'll see. Maybe maybe they'll, I'm sure they'll throw us some curveballs. I hope so. But yeah. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yes, agreed. Yeah. Moraine and Swan, they're great together. And then the next little thing that I found, I just thought this was funny, is because when Swan comes up from behind and kind of startles Moraine after Moraine has been searching for her, she's thinking about her clothes and that she's been wearing these same clothes the entire time. Yep. And she's just thinking, oh, Swan, you know, of course she didn't even buy herself any new clothes. She's just like that. Mm-hmm. And... It had me laughing because I was just thinking, like, Moraine, you dummy. She's doing this so she can fit in. Mm-hmm. She, You know, had she been walking around in silk, you know, silks or whatever, she would just become a target. Mm-hmm. And this is how Swan is so adaptable in, you know, going into these kind of shady parts mm-hmm. of town and remaining out of reach from other Aes Sedai and Maureen's just like oh why is she wearing these dirty clothes still yeah yeah so silly no one's gonna look at (laughs) Swan twice in her dirty wool dress but Maureen is gonna attract attention everywhere she goes in her silk riding dress and her fancy ass horse (laughs) yes yes she's not and searching out the best inn to stay in like if she would have chosen to stay at like even a three-star hotel instead of a four-star. <laughs> she probably wouldn't have run into all those other Aes Sedai. 
But she's like, I must have a suite. (laughs) (laughs) How many rooms can I have? And do you have servants? Because that's what I require. Yeah. Yeah. But this is why they make such a good team. Mm -hmm. I mean, when they get to the castle, Moraine can be the Lady Damadred. And she can use her assets in this way. And before, you know, Swan was totally thinking about things in a different aspect and laying low Mm -hmm. so they both have these really great qualities and when they're together it works Mm -hmm. when they get separated Mm. things don't work out as well (laughs) yeah as we see later on yeah Um, but yeah i uh i liked that (laughs) oh sorry (laughs) i didn't really have a lot other than what you had already mentioned on chapter 23 and the only thing on chapter 24 that like really kept sticking out to me was who is the woman that takes off running like I know I was like who is she like earlier and everything but it's still like is she from the kin is she a runaway from the tower that's a really good thought I could totally see her being a runaway or a kin kin's woman right like, because, you know, her ears perk up and then she's just, like, out, out of there. Exactly. Like, she's gone. She would understand <laughs> what Aja meant and she would understand what Black Aja meant. And for anybody to be, like, blathering something out loud about the Black Aja, like, I just feel as though she would be, like, what the fuck and want to get out of there. So I could totally see her being a runaway like a, or a kins, mm-hmm. one of the women from the kin. Yeah, for, Definitely. for me, I feel I feel drawn more to the kin just based off of, like, the explanation of how she looked and that she had, like, a stately bearing and she had servants. And, I mean, we know the kin, like, collects women from all stations of life. And because mm-hmm. they have such long lives, they live all these different lives. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe she's done really well for herself and she decided to have a vacation in Chachin. I don't know. Like, or maybe that's where she's originally from, but it doesn't mention her looking ageless. I don't know. I was just like, I, that just kept like poking at me. Like, who is she? How does she know this? Why does it make her hike up her skirts and run? Like not just behave. I love the idea. I love the idea that like Robert Jordan could have put just this one little tiny character in here, Mm -hmm. like as a, is a question mark and then when we get into the main series when we learn more about the kin and actually how many runaways from the tower there actually are mm-hmm. in this whole underground network is so cool mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> well and actually i just am i i think i'm on book 10 i think it just started book 10 and it's still in like the the prologue phase where it's like all the different people and all their different perspectives so that like everything can kind of flow back into the series again but one of one of the sections is the team of Aes Sedai inside the tower who are hunting for the Black Aja and are using the rebel Aes Sedai who have infiltrated the tower to help them find the Black Aja and make sure that everything is all good inside the tower one of the Aes Sedai is commented as having her hair pulled back in ivory combs like (gasps) this woman here and I was like is that her is that maybe her and of course I don't remember her name at the moment what a cool find right I was like oh maybe that's her so yeah I'm just I'm really intrigued by the idea of that that woman and her reaction to hearing just 
Swan's silly offhand comment about the Black Aja. Swan, come on. I love that theory. I love this theory. <laughs> Thanks. And that's really all. I think that's all I had from Chapter 24, other than loving Moraine, again, taking on that whole Lady Domadred role. Like... This is where she excels. Really? I mean, this is just yes. her and her element. Absolutely. And I'm just like, yes. Like she and then getting to a point where she may also be putting her ring on and taking on the aspect of her that is Aes Sedai feels even one step closer to getting to experience yes. her that way. So Yeah, like this is who she really is. Mm-hmm. She can be the Lady Moraine Damadred and she can also be Lady Aes Sedai Moraine. <laughs> right? Yeah. So she's finally becoming who we know her as. Mm-hmm. And I love I loved the the comment on the slashes on her dress. Like that's something that I had been hoping we would get. Yes. It's like how many slashes does Moraine get? Because we had talked about it. Mm-hmm. We we had asked that question, how many slashes would she mm-hmm. is she supposed to have? Yeah. And they go below her knee. Like so, from like the neckline all the way down. Yeah, yeah. So cool. Yeah, like I, I, it takes me back to when she had her dresses made at the seamstress, and she said something about how like the number of slashes that she had asked for on her dress were far fewer than she had a right to have displayed. And I'm like, but what does far fewer mean? Like. How far another, will it go? And now you yeah, get to that's see another it. another thing. That's another thing for the show. Will we see stuff like this? Mm-hmm. Like, I am so interested in what the costume department Oof. is going to come up with. <laughs> I love costumes. Very cool. Yeah, I'm excited. And there's going to be so many variations of clothing to have to do for this. And I mm-hmm. am thrilled. I love that. That's yeah. one of the things that I really want to talk about, like, in – some episodes is cultures and clothing and hairstyles like just and like their historical roots he ranges from things like medieval all the way to like 17th 18th century styles of clothing like in particular the Kyrian with their piles of hair like all yes, I can think where of it's all stacked yeah. up like <laughs> Mary Antoinette exactly that's exactly <laughs> what I think of I'm like does anyone have a ship in their hair because that'd be cool <laughs> Oh my gosh, yes, yes. So yeah, I future future topics to have, like, I really want to do that. Yeah, so stick around with us because we are almost done We're almost with done. New Spring and we will be, that's the goal, I think, what we've decided. We're going to dig into more cultures and peoples mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We'll do recaps at the in like, when it feels right to do it because, I mean... I'm almost done with the series, which means I'm going to want to start reading it from the beginning all over again. <laughs> I know, and that's kind of why I'm holding out. I started Eye of the World again, but now that I know that you're farther, you know, t- towards the end, I'm thinking, okay, I'll put a pause on it and then we'll start over again. I'm, guess, a, I'm yeah. okay with that idea. I really am. And I think a lot of the things that we would want to talk about before diving into a recap will actually be really beneficial for both readers and people who will potentially be watching the show. Because a lot of times things get 
like things just get thrown at you like you're supposed to know what they are and mm-hmm. so many things happen and overlap and combine all at the same time that it's like who is that person where are they from how are they connected so I think it'd be mm-hmm. really fun to have like really specific like this is this and this is that Yeah, and we could even do that in the same way that we're doing now, like give you the facts up front and then do like the second half Mm. more discussions of how it works in In with the series. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. I like that idea. So we've got plenty of (laughs) we've got plenty of good stuff. We have so much content. (laughs) I'm really excited. Um, and we also are working with uh, the guys from the Black Tower podcast. Can we make that? Yes. Yeah. So yes. we're going to be doing an episode with them. Favorite battle scenes. Is that right? Yeah. I'm Just excited. Like our favorite battle moments within the books. Mm-hmm. And this was, I think, when we were thinking about what topics to do, this was the first one that came to mind because the way that I found them, I had mm. just finished reading The Battle of Dumai's Wells. Mm-hmm. And of course, finishing that, you know, shut the book. And then I immediately went to my computer and <laughs> typed in Dumai's Wells. And then I had to consume every <laughs> bit of information I could find online because it was just so good. Mm-hmm. And they have, an, they have a really great... Um, episode on YouTube over Dumai's Wells and that was one of the first ones that I listened to so yeah doing like a collab with them on battle moments I'm really really excited (laughs) (laughs) yeah I have my battle moment picked out and I'm super stoked about it I'm not gonna say anything about it but yeah Yeah. we've kind of talked about it like in phone chats and stuff I don't know what yours is yet though I'll have to find out I want to know yeah don't tell me it's on the document oh is it yeah. I'll take a look later. <laughs> okay. So, all right, all right. Let's get into these secret, secret weaves. So, yes, we asked people to tell us what their secret weave would be, what you would want your secret weave to be. Mm-hmm. And, of course, we called in the experts <laughs> <laughs> from the Weaves of the Wheel community, and we have some really in-depth awesome well thought out ones and then we just have some really fun like (laughs) good ones too so do you want to read the first one Mm -hmm. and the first one is from the ninth depository on instagram and she is in the white aja that's what it looks like She writes, in Weave's White Aja, we came up with a cleansing weave, which helps not to get rid of bias and emotions, but to distinguish between them and sensory input or logical pattern. That sounds so handy for whites. Um, I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) So good. Yeah. It could be something as simple as, do I actually hear water or see running water and expect the sound? So cool. Right? That's so well thought out. And then it continues, it is a matter of awareness if you're pissed at someone and have to decide if they were the cause of something horrible, the weaves helps separate the feelings from the decision and see them as separate and maybe correlated but not causative. I love this. I love this one. I feel like maybe everyone should learn that weave if it were possible. Yeah, I know. When I read that, I, I was just thinking... I wish I could have this in real life. Like, 
That would be so helpful. <laughs> right? I mean, think about how many crazy things happen because of, of not being able to separate clear-headed thought from emotions. Like, mm-hmm. they're chemical reactions inside our brain that make it so, like, sometimes it's impossible to make a to logical separate. decision. Yeah. yeah. And you just react. Ooh, I love that. I love and that. Then, okay, so the next one, I believe, is also from a white Aja member from the Weaves of the Weaves of the Wheel community, and it is from Sarah DeCon. Mm-hmm. And she says, very much like math, you get a sense, you get a set input like spirit or air, and you determine and experiment with it until you get your desired outcome. In the end, you become so good at weaving the threads in different patterns and knowing what will achieve what, it comes naturally to you like walking. Hmm. It's a part of white Aja training as well as focus on meditation being your emotional release and control. Wow. So I can see how that would work in with the first one. Mm-hmm. There's so – it gives me such a different perspective on white, especially this idea of um, meditation. It would make sense that white Aja would use meditation and something yes. that would really – settle their minds like because the whites are known to be just calm yeah completely calm cool as a cucumber seven yes like i love that wow okay and this next one i think is my favorite yeah (laughs) it's so it's beautiful okay cool so this is from the yellow aja uh secret weaves of the yellow aja weave designed by is it suana Suana Sadai. Hi, Suana. We love you. (laughs) (laughs) So Suana Sadai. Did you want to read it because you love it or do you mind if I do? Go for it. Okay. Okay. A thick weave of spirit entwined with finer weaves of fire and air can keep a heart beating but creating electrical pulses when placed directly upon the chest cavity of a patient who has taken a mortal wound. Hmm. The fire weave must run clockwise while the air weave counterclockwise to form a double helix. The weave grants the healer time for healing in crucial moments and is particularly useful in events of cardiac arrest. The weave itself can be manipulated and used for a darker purpose. Should the fire and air run in opposite directions to the original design, the heart would stop instantaneously, resulting in death. Ooh, ooh, we know someone who does that. Yes. I mean, not in real life. I don't know anybody who actually does that, but. (laughs) We know of one of the Forsaken that does this type of Mm -hmm. thing. So if you haven't haven't listened to that Forsaken episode, then you'll know who we're talking about. Well, and I think, is it Chesmal? Chesmal Emery from formerly the white is, or yellow is Black Aja. And she likes Mm -hmm. to like mess around with people's hearts too, I think. I think I have Mm -hmm. her character. Anyway, limitations. To the sister using the weave, it can feel as though the heart of the patient is being held in their hand. The weave is not overly complicated to form. However, sisters outside of the yellow are uncomfortable with the feeling of its use. The weave cannot reanimate a fully atrophied heart, i.e. the heart has stopped beating for several minutes. Oh. That's, it's so well thought out and I love the description of the double helix, mm-hmm. one weave wanting, running clockwise and the other running counterclockwise. And this is something when I read, I was thinking, 
oh my gosh, I wonder if the show will actually incorporate mm. like how it looks like, you know, the healing weaves. It just sounds so pretty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so often it's described almost as a net of some kind. And so to see those designs of of the the weaves that are being used, that'd be really cool. That would be really yeah. cool. This is so well thought out. I know these are so good. Like when, when you <laughs> it's were beyond like, what I thought. <laughs> say when you were when we were talking about, it, I was like, oh yeah, I'd have a secret weave for like this thing, but I never was like, I'd use this and this and this to make it happen. I didn't even think about it. This is brilliant. Yeah. I love it. Okay, and then our next one is from Cheyenne, mm-hmm. and I believe she is a gray, and. This is her flat door weave, mm. and it's a weave of pure spirit, horizontal gateways. If not trained in the spirit tree, you are only able to open a gateway large enough to pass a note through. Mm. But at the master level, you're able to make them only visible on your side and use it for spying. <laughs> so that is so cool. And so for the greys, you know, they're dealing with all of, like, the politicking and, like, creating kind of laws and stuff like that. So how useful would it be to be able to, like, yeah, to, like, slip (laughs) notes through a gateway? And then that would be, like, you know, like, the apprentice level. And then at the master level, you can actually just spy on people. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You could, like, sit in on every secret meeting you know of. And just be like, and then the next time you're in there for like gray mediation, you can just be like, so guys, you know, I can't lie. (laughs) But I've seen your bullshit. I know what you're all up to. I got your game. Okay. So now you're going to do what I say. I'm I'm sure they'd be way slicker than that. But like, that's just how it feels. Like that's the kind of like power move that feels like, oh, how cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so let's see here. Secret Weaves Blue Aja blending in. And this is from Anaya Anaya Sedai. So let's see here. The weave can enable the user to blend into the surroundings which she slash he is in to a degree. You are not invisible, yet you will be noticed only by a keen eye. You need air and spirit. So this is like blending in with your background. Like, you know, if you're standing up against a tree, you kind of look like a tree. It's like a chameleon effect. Yeah. And actually, is it is it Sherriam who uses it when it's either Gwen or Elaine who are almost taken out by a dark friend? And Sherriam stops the guy using air, but when they get down to like where he was he has a dagger in his heart he's been killed and she uses a weave to put over his body that makes him kind of like blend into the surroundings and she's blue yeah so this is well done (laughs) yeah exactly exactly and how useful again like there are so many things that feel secret about what the I said I do and so many of them almost give them an omniscient power if that yeah. makes sense like they Moraine has her eavesdropping trick and she's not the only one like I 
I probably said this before, but Varen had done research on novices and like the things that they had learned before they came to the tower. And it was usually either a form of compulsion or it was a form of knowing how to eavesdrop on people. So Mm -hmm. these two things could be quite terrible in combination, but it definitely seems to be where they like lean even when applying their... I don't want to say trade, that seems wrong. But like when they're they're using their presence in various places, they can use these weaves to amp up why people think of them the way that they do. And like yeah. being able to blend in, that sounds pretty handy. Like, I could almost see that too as one of the things that someone would learn, like as a wilder trick, mm-hmm. you know, something they just kind of stumble into because we almost get something like that from Nynaeve when she first comes up on Lan and Moraine. She's mm-hmm. kind of tracking them. Mm-hmm. And of course, Moraine spots her because it's Moraine. She can sense her mm-hmm. channeling. But Lan is completely shocked. Like, holy shit, she just crept up on me. <laughs> and he's impressed, too. So I could see this blending in weave as almost like something that someone would almost, that would come naturally Mm -hmm. almost. Yeah, I think you're right. Cool. I like it. And then the next one. The next one is, hey, talker on (laughs) Rian. Hey, guys. Their weave is a weave that distinguishes truth from lies. Hell yes. I could see that being kind of like Moraine's horse alarm (laughs) how someone steals their horse just like feeling something like vibrating Uh in you when someone's lying huh (laughs) i'm thinking about that like how how would you feel it how would how would it notify you Mm -hmm. feel like it would be like vibrations or something yeah or like a little ping but where you can only you can hear it (laughs) I don't know. Like echolocation. You just feel like you hear dolphins chattering in the background. Your right pinky goes numb for no reason. It's a lie. And then. I don't know. That's just funny. Oh, the last yeah, one. Yeah. This is, from, this is from our friend Shelby, and I'll let Tracy read it. Because... Right now, I'd like a weave to kindly make my dogs stop barking. <laughs> oh so good uh, i know that feeling i've had those dogs i had a beagle for a while she rose was one. Oh, my little rosie rosie and crumpets they should have been a children's book <laughs> <laughs> you have to tell everyone what your dog's names are because my- you have the best dog's <laughs> names we had we had Rosie, and then we had Crumpets. We, had, we got Crumpets first, and I'm pretty sure she adopted Rosie for us. And now our dog that we have, his name is Churro. And Aiden just wanted to, like, use food names for our dogs from now on out. So, And I did make sure to check it because you never know. I checked uh, Churro in Urban Dictionary just to, like... Just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. And, like, in apparently in... Um, it can be it can be a slang term for a joint. Like <laughs> I'm okay with and that. I was like, that's fine. It's fine. I approve. I've <laughs> wandered around shouting, Crumpets! Come here, girl. <laughs> so if I have to do that for Churro, it's fine. <laughs> 
but I love having dogs. He's such a good dog. He was so freaked out this morning during our storm. Like, he's such a good dog. He's the best dog. Puppy love. Mm-hmm. Kind of love him tons and tons. But I love seeing the dog love. Like, that seems to be a thing. People really love their pets, and they really love their food in the Wheel of Time community. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. I love when people have their pet names something Wheel of Time related. Yeah. I think I saw someone, I think I saw someone on Twitter say that their dog's name was, was it Perrin, maybe? <laughs> I think it was Perrin. and I'm like, that's cute. That is cute. I need a dog. You should get a Listeners, dog. Listeners, I want a dog. What should I name it? <laughs> <laughs> Help me pick the name before I pick the dog. Oh, good idea. And then you can find a dog that matches the name instead of the other yes. way around. Just like yes. be like that dog. That dog suits that name. Right? I love dogs. Here. Come here, Mandarb. Come here, boy. <laughs> That's funny. Mandarb was exactly the name I was thinking of. <laughs> um, someone runs up to you and like, did you just call for Mandarb? And suddenly you have a new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be so funny, though? People would know. Yeah. Like, I know. I know that you know that I know. Mm-hmm. And we are now connected. Wink, wink. <laughs> but yeah. I love so I think. I think that basically wraps what we've got for today mm-hmm. all up. Yeah. And this is one of the shorter episodes that we've done. Mm-hmm. So yeah. congratulations us. We tend to <laughs> <laughs> we tend to go on a long time sometimes, but there's so much to talk about. Yeah. Oh, I'm gonna have you pause. Okay, cool. My thing slowed it down. But it looks like it. I can't tell if it's still recording or not. Okay, it is. Hmm. Okay, cool. Okay. We're good. Uh, I think I think it's time to get a new computer. I think it's time. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew's suggestion was to replace the hard drive on it. And he was mm-hmm. like, but you have a Mac, and that's a pain in the ass, and I need special tools, and I don't know if I'll be able to close it up all the way again. He was like, I think it's time we start looking at the budget and get you a new computer. And I was like... That's what... That's why Simon's so not an Apple person, because if anything that I own breaks, he can fix it. But if it's an Apple, he's like, yeah, not touching it. Yeah, but at the same time, I've had this machine for almost seven years, and I've traveled across the country with it and made several moves with it, and it's just within, like, the last few months that it's, like, I don't know. I feel like seven years is a good run for a PC, truthfully, but... It would be nice if I could just fix it. And I'm such a, I'm such a bougie bitch. I mean, I'm like, if you're no, like, I want my if Mac. Your moni- if your monitor and everything still works, you can just get like the new, like, desktop, the mm. actual. So that's not how Macs work. Everything is Ooh. in the machine. No, no, it's awesome. Like it, you get you get the screen, and that's it. There's nothing that goes under your desk. All of your USB outlets and stuff are on the back of your mac like it's so, is it a laptop no it's the it's it's just the imac that's what you get okay and you don't have to worry about having a tower and a place to put it and it's super mm-hmm. sleek and nice like i love this computer i love it <laughs> i love all the little baby thin little laptops mm-hmm. those are my favorite just yeah. because when i'm traveling back to the u.s to see my family or whatever i hate having the extra weight yep same yeah 
I like to have things that are lighter and small and compact and not with a lot of extra pieces because that's annoying. So, but I'll, I'll look at another iMac, but I'm going to go for the 27 inch this time. I want the Boom. big screen. Uh, the big boy. Okay. Now that we know that I haven't fucked up our recording and we've talked about <laughs> my computer needs. <laughs> okay. So I guess should I go ahead and start yeah. <laughs> to wrap up? Do it. <laughs> First off, thank you so much for joining us. Mm -hmm. We'll continue to release new episodes every Wednesday, and we would love, obviously, if you would subscribe to the podcast, leave us reviews, and please share us with your friends in the Wheel of Time community. Mm -hmm. Let us know what you thought of our content. Correct us. Send us things we may have missed. You can find links to our email and social media accounts in the show notes. And if you have the Anchor app, leave a voice message for us to play in upcoming episodes. We also have a Discord channel. Just find us on any of our social media platforms and we can send you an invite. And you want to join us there. You yes, do. Yes, you do. You do. <laughs> so until next week. Thanks for joining us on the Road to Charvalin. Bye. Bye. I always wave. Why do I wave? No one can see me except you. <laughs>